My name is Will Holden, and this week I am joined by Andy Malvin. How are you, sir? Uh, tired, but all right. Thanks, man. Very good. And I'm also joined, as always, by Mark Wall. How are you, sir? I'm excited, mate. Let's raise the energy levels here. Let's get cracking. <laughs> it's going to be it's epic. Not... Well, balance out. It's all good. <laughs> you can bring all the enthusiasm for both of us. That's it. This isn't the usual dynamic. Normally, I think if anybody's coming with a bit of uh, mopey negativity, a, a bit of negativity. <laughs> I was <laughs> yeah. going to use the word mopey. That's uh, that's your word. Can I start with a slightly bold statement? You may. Do you want me to announce what we're doing, or or? Is oh, this yeah, you be... probably you probably should do that. Yeah, Sorry. just in case. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So what we are doing is we are collectively rating our individual top ten David Bowie albums. I, for one, have found it a mammoth task <laughs> and uh, I'm already nervous about like revealing it because well I'm not sure I can justify it even to myself it's been real stressful it's been a pleasure <laughs> but it has been a, a stressful experience yeah. I'm not I'm not worried about it I think I said it to you guys earlier but just you know my opinion will change tomorrow so what's it matter just don't hold me to this list at any point because it'll be drastically different yeah fair enough what was your bold statement? Well, my bold, I don't actually know that it is particularly bold, but and it's probably it's not really something anyone would ever think about, but I thought about it. So I think the decade, pretty much 1970 to 1980, uh, best decade of music by any artist ever. I mean... Sorry, Bowie's... Yeah, yeah, sorry, I just should have specified, no, the, yes. They generally from, generally yeah. for music. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeah, no, just David Bowie's output in those 10 years, and there is a bit of crossover either side, but if you just take the 70s, like, it's kind of unbelievable. We did The Beatles last time, and that's a pretty amazing series mm-hmm. of albums. I think Bowie pips it, to be honest, for me. There's more variety and the level of uh, quality throughout, it just remains incredibly high. It does remain incredibly high, particularly that period. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if I had to choose one one artist of, like, favourite artist of all time, then I think I'd pick Bowie, and I think that's his best era, so I'm not going to uh, disagree with that bold statement. Right, okay, so I think we're going to kind of reveal our bottom five and talk a little bit about our choices uh, and then go for the top five following that. Either of you want to start us off? Well, we should just say bottom five is slightly misleading. Bottom of the 10. Yeah, so still, it's always hard still to the dis- top. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's a caveat throughout all of this. Like, sometimes you have to rate things as lesser than other things, but it's hard to talk about things when they're not bad, they're just less good. In, in, in order to help me sort of put some of this into perspective, I, I made a mathematical trinary system of rating of each song did. between one and three, uh, adding up that total and dividing it by the total number of songs to have a kind of average score. It's not the order that they're in. It just gave me a kind of like a basis to work off, I think. Ground control to major tones. Commencing countdown engines on Three, two, check ignition And may God's love be with you Right, start with Biggie, number 10 the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust, which is commonly regarded as his greatest record. I've just given it the pity vote at number 10. And it only just beat out two or three others, to be honest. Obviously, it has some great songs on, that goes without saying. It doesn't resonate with me that strongly, though. Number nine, Diamond Dogs. Great album, should be higher. Could have been higher on a different day. <laughs> number eight, The Man Who Sold the World. Great album. Could be higher. Would have been higher on a different day. <laughs> I'm noticing a theme. <laughs> Number seven, Lodger. Great album. <laughs> 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 Number six, 
No, Lodgers, Lodgers, I, I guess the first kind of outlier pick. I just think it's a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, and number six, one of the unexpected ones, I suppose, and recency bias is definitely a factor here. Young Americans. Very interesting. Should I do my, my bottom five, my lower best 10? Uh, so at number 10, I have his uh, post-ultimate, no, pre-ultimate album. That's a better way of saying that, isn't it? The next day. An ultimate. Penultimate. Penultimate. Yeah. <laughs> penultimate. Thank you very much. His penultimate album, the next day, a modern one from uh, from Bowie. I think he has like his voice is still there. I listen to in my mind's eye. I see both that and Black Star kind of as one it like mini era of Bowie, and between the two, I think the next day is stronger. Mm. Number nine, I've got Station to Station. Yeah, Station to Station is a funny one because it's only six tracks long and is real short. So it's a quite a different listen to some of the others that are typically sort of 10 or 11 songs, but I think it starts really strong. I think it has a really good ending. It dips very slightly in the middle for me, but otherwise is real solid. Number eight, I've got Scary Monsters. A slightly sort of backwards pattern to that, I think. Like I, I think it gets to its strongest in some of its middle tracks in Scary Monsters, particularly like namely the um, title track. Um, has a couple of just slight meh songs on it, as far as Bowie can be meh. But when you're comparing his like pantheon, pantheon from greatest to least greatest, yeah, some of them are just uh, will pass by a little bit. Number seven, um, Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. The good songs on it, I think I probably rate a little bit higher than, than maybe you do, Mark. So uh, I agree it's got a few slightly duff bits in it, but I think when it's good, it's really good. Um, and very strong opening and ending on that album. And number six is Aladdin Sane. I completely agree that like that particular period of time is probably my favourite Bowie. Same number 10, I think. Well, slightly different reasoning. Number 10, the next day. I don't think, I I definitely don't put that as like a mini era of Bowie. It doesn't really matter, but Black Star just stands out to me as a completely different Bowie album. The things I'm going to say about all of my, like, 10 to 6 are pretty similar to what I'm going to say about the next day. Like, I think it's full of really good tunes, but none of them are my favourite Bowie songs. Mm -hmm. Like, particularly the first half, I think, is... uh, Well, not even first half, first two-thirds. I don't think there's any bad songs. I just don't think there's any huge standouts. Mm -hmm. Um, Then number nine... um, David Bowie or Space Oddity, whichever you want to call it. That's really fucking loud. Get out of the cupboard. No way to speak to you, Mrs. It's actually, it's fallen down my list a little bit. I've always said that, like, I like this album a lot more than it's sort of given, like, credit for. But, yeah, Letter to Hermione, Why Die Boy from uh, Freetown, Memory of Free Mm. Festival, God Knows I'm Good, absolute like killer tracks. Let's Dance is number eight. It's got some belts on there. Uh, Scary Monsters and Super Creeps is seven. It also fell down my list a little bit. Uh, up the hill backwards of the tune, though. It is. That is truth. But yeah, again, it's just, I really like that song, Ashes to Ashes, I like. Scary Monsters, I like. A lot of the rest of the tracks, I think, are decent. That's why it's uh, a little lower. And six, big, big riser for me is uh, Ziggy Stardust. The highs of that, I think, are really good. Five Years, I think, is a belting opener. And Rock and Roll Suicide is a superb closer. And yeah. it's got some good bits in the middle. But yeah, those those two in particular. It's the first time I really think it resonated with me. Just, yeah, particularly Five Years. Like the, the outro to that is huge. Do you want to go for your top half, Marco? I do. 
Um, number five, Aladdin's scene. For my money, is a better version of Ziggy Stardust in terms of the glam period or whatever. I think it's his uh, mm-hmm. peak. I think we should. I think you should do up to two and save number one. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. Add a, add a bit. Okay. Of, yeah, uh, I like that idea. Bit, yeah. bit of tension in there. Okay. Here's where things get shocking. Number four, Hunky Dory. Okay. Nailed on number one for ages. We'll we'll get to it. We'll we'll come back round to all of mm-hmm. this, obviously. Number three, black tie, white noise. There it is. Poor it was hell. always gonna be on there. Yeah. It was always gonna be there. I mean, part of me um, thought it was gonna be your number one when you started to when you started saying that. One of well, certainly his most underrated album. I think his best since 1980. And just ridiculously fun and re-listenable. Number two, Low. I'll be interested to see if there's been any swing with you guys on, well, that period, but that album in particular, I know it's like highly regarded and everything. It went up for me. I already liked it quite a bit, but it, it went up. It, it's ageless. It it's completely doesn't sound of, of its time at all. It could be released tomorrow and it would still sound relevant, new and fresh and everything like that. I just love the production. I love the vibe of it. And um, I like the two distinct halves. I like all the short, quirky pop songs followed by the long atmospheric instrumentals. Fair play. All right. I'll get down to my number one. So my number five is The Man Who Sold the World, which I think, Mark, you had in your bottom ten. Um, this was probably the biggest surprise to me because this was always one of my sort of two top yeah, contenders. This might yeah. be number one. And through this, yeah, through this listen yeah. through, it really like dropped off. I think when it's kind of when it's at its weakest, some of its kind of lesser songs are lesser than other albums, but it also contains some of my like absolute like favorite Bowie songs of all time. Some of his, like some of his most sort of theatrical over the top and uh, his vocal performances in the seventies is insane. Like I fucking love his, like, when he just wails in certain bits are just amazing. So all the Mad Men, uh, after all, Save Your Machine, The Man Who Sold the World, uh, I think are all just like absolute top tier Bowie songs for me. But I think the other songs in between are a little bit weaker. Number four, another one I think you've already mentioned, Mark, uh, is Diamond Dogs. I think this is just a really like super consistent album. I think it is. Yeah, just real solid pretty much all the way through has a superb end with probably like rock and roll with me through to basically the end, I think is an absolute superb run. Uh, number three is Lodger. Again, an album that I just think nice when it's good, I think is absolutely insane. I think the first, I mean, I've made it third and I'm still thinking like I could have been higher. Now I look at the track list and again, I think fantastic voyage is awesome. African night flight, is Bowie just sounding like nothing else anywhere else? It's brilliant. Uh, your Assassin's great. DJ's great. Look Back in Anger has the single greatest music video ever conceived. Thank um, you, great. Yes, big shout does. out to the video for China Girl as well and Loving the Alien. Oh, loving the Alien is good, yeah. Completely bonkers. I mean, dancing in the street, come on. Him and Jagger. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That. I think somebody's already said it as well. My number two is Let's Dance. Because I think it is chocker with wow. absolute beauts. Mm-hmm. I, was, I think it was you, Andy, and I. I agree with what you say, but I rate those the pop bangers in this one. I rate much higher. Like I think Modern Love, China Girl, Let's Dance, Without You, Ricochet, uh, Shake It are all great songs. Cat People, I think, is a great song, but it's slightly ruined because I prefer the version in Glorious Bastards. So do I. I completely agree with that. <laughs> yeah, so so do I, I listen to it and just slightly lament that it's not that version. But It's just, it's, I think it's absolutely belt in tune. Um, right, yeah, I mean, depressingly, Minor World's list has just ended up being very similar. Number five, The Man Who Sold the World. I think it was three. It's dropped down because of the next two. Uh, pretty much the same reason as Will. I think it's a belted album. The The best of it is superb, and it has a little bit of filler. Um, and it's only because the top four are so good that it's not higher. Number four, probably the biggest riser, is um, Station to Station. 
I don't like Golden Years all that much, which is a bit annoying because I think it's only got six tracks and I think the other five are so good. It could have potentially been my number one. But I just, it doesn't feel like it fits with the album either. Like, it's quite a sort of a bit of a dark, broody album. And Golden Years is this little jingly yeah, pop it thing. It feels it's, out it, of place. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You mentioned Bowie vocal performance. Well, I think Wild, Wild as the Wind is one of my favorite oh. Bowie vocal performances. Absolutely. Just full stop. Yeah. Agreed. Number three. Uh, Roger, another another big big climber for me. Huge news. Yeah, yeah. I I listened to I listened to albums because I felt you know I should give everything a chance, sort of thing. I didn't listen to all of them. I listened to a lot of them. And Lodger and Station to Station were the two like albums that I wanted to go back and listen to. Like as soon as I put Lodger on, I was just I listened to it once and then just wanted to listen to it again. It's just absolutely belting. Like there's just it's a lot of fun. The songs that I forgot on it, it's like The Assassin, I just kind of forgot about that as a song. Superb. Yeah, it's good throughout. Number two, um, my top two haven't changed. Number two, Diamond Dogs. Diamond Dogs might possibly be the Bowie album that I've listened to the most. Like, it's if I'm putting on Bowie, I feel like it's the one album I probably just, you know, automatically go for. I think, like, it has two incredible runs in it. Like, the kind of sweet thing... Candidate Sweet Thing Reprise, which is basically one track anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, We Are the Dead to the end of the album. Like, both of those runs, I think, are absolutely incredible. Will you see? All right, well, let's play Guess the Number One. I'll guess both of yours. It's an interesting, interesting shout. Going to make some joke about it being like Peter and the Wolf, but no, yeah, it's it's Hunky Dory. Not Earthling. Mine's Earthling. (laughs) If only. Um, I've forgotten. What have you missed out that's, that's big, Mark? It's Station to Station, boys. Absolutely, 100%. It's such a fucking great album. I think it's um, flawless. I love Golden Years. Completely can see where you're coming from with it. But yeah, I mean, I guess we can just sort of quickly discuss a little more about this one. Mm -hmm. So the thing I love about it, I think it's his most kind of proggy record, but not in that kind of wanky, proggy sense where it's all over the place. Every song feels like through composed to me. They all go off into super interesting directions. And even a couple of the songs, which like uh, TVC one five, for example, don't love the first couple of minutes. It's not bad, but it's, but it gets like way better. And I find this with like nearly every song on the album. Yeah. Like it's his most structurally interesting. All of the songs are kind of long, the band is on fire in it. Like the production's great. His vocal performances throughout are phenomenal. Yeah. I know apparently he was absolutely off his head for it. And the first track, like Station to Station, nothing really happens for about three minutes in it. No. But <laughs> it's still a great track because once it really kicks into it, the second half is so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's so exciting, like when it gets going. It's got a killer first line as well. Growing 
And I think the uh, the fact that it's only six tracks really plays into it for me because I just I start it on track one and I just listen through to the entire thing. And there's no weak point. I used to not love Word on a Wing, but that's massively grown on me for the same reason as some of the others. I just think it's got a couple of sections in there where the like the, the vocal melodies are just incredible. <laughs> original to add like you're right stage stations and epic is great and no, i mean if we're expecting any surprises it would be wrong i've uh, i've got hunky dory as my number one understandable <laughs> i think it's i think essentially is um near perfect i mean in my numerical system it scored 2.9 and the wow. maximum maximum you can get is three um what so that means presumably there was one track that was a two that's correct. Which one? Okay, let's let's play the guessing game here. That's it. Mark's got the idea. I'm going to say Fill Your Heart. Proffer a guess, Andy? Uh, it could be. I think that's a good shout. I'm going to say uh, Eight Line Poem. Song for Bob Dylan? No, that's quality as well. I have a feeling you're going to say the final track. And I... Nope. I don't really... Yeah, the Beauty Brothers. Beauty Brothers is right as well. Good. I'm going to create a mystery. Yeah, do it, please. I just find kooks just a little bit twee. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. All right. Just didn't, didn't see it coming. No. It's just like, it's a perfectly good song, but I think um, it's another one where I really enjoy his like epicness, I think more than his kind of quieter moments. Um, I think there's a lot owed to Rick Wakeman on this album because I think his piano pretty much in every track is incredible and actually makes up a lot of the really memorable parts of certain tracks like a lot of the really memorable like melodies are on the piano yeah i think i I think bowie played some of the piano though might be right i was gonna say i'm not sure how much like how much uh, rick wakeman wrote or how much of it he recorded but i know he's on quite a lot of this album and, and the piano is consistently superb um those are the arrangements generally Mm. I mean, you know, it's, it's got one of the great orchestral arrangements on Life on Mars. Um, Agreed. Which is, is one of the best songs of all time, in my opinion. But the film is a sad thing for For she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools And they ask her to focus on I feel I should uh, somewhat explain why Hunky Dory ended up at four for me. Mm-hmm. And it was it was quite simple, really. Like a few weeks back, we were sat around and I said, well, the one given is that blatantly everyone will have Hunky Dory at number one. So maybe part of me was just trying to be a little contrarian, <laughs> obviously. Uh, but it wasn't just that. I think it was such a kind of given that it would be. But I just didn't listen to it until a couple of days ago. I was like, right crack on hunky dory and like you know watch it sail away into the number one spot and obviously i loved it but there's there's so much i enjoyed about some of the others that it didn't quite supersede that mm-hmm. i didn't have the time to kind of squeeze in many more listens and i think the one very very minor gripe i have with hunky dory lyrically unbelievable i mean just generally all round as a lyricist i think particularly in the Again, his kind of 70s period, his lyrics are ridiculously cool and interesting. Um, But yeah, it's very slightly twee at times. I mean, I guess it's what you just said about kooks or whatever, but I also get it a little bit with Fill Your Heart, which is, I don't dislike it, but it just sounds a little kind of pastiche I guess. It does lack a tiny bit of energy at times, but these are incredibly minor gripes. I still think it's a a 10 out of 10 album. You know, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I think for me that 
that lack of energy, I guess, sort of translates as <clears throat> this is the album where I feel Bowie is at is like effortlessly brilliant. It just sounds like this just rolled off his tongue for the most part. And so much of it is just perfect. I get what you're saying about um, uh, fill your heart it is quite like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I've said it. A it's like times, musical but... sort of stuff, isn't it? You know? Yeah. But I still think it has a really like interesting flowing melody that just sure. moves from moves from one bit to the next and really nice chord changes in there. And um, yep. maybe that's it. I think Kooks might just lack a little bit of that additional complexity that some of the other songs have. Will you stay in a lover's story? If you stay, you won't be sorry Because we believe in you Soon you'll grow So take a chance With a couple of kooks Hung up on romancing Yeah, I think it kind of takes in general particularly what he was doing on Space Oddity with the kind of singer-songwriter folky aspect and also bits of The Man Who Sold the World, which he is obviously more of a rock album, but you can still get that kind of folky singer-songwriter vibe on the best moments. I think all the ones you mentioned Mm -hmm. before like kind of have that for me. But yeah, it's just kind of like the distillation of those two with none of the weak aspects, really. Yeah, I um, just say like it is my number one as well, obviously. It's it's almost like I don't disagree at all that it it lacks energy compared to like a lot of other Bowie albums. I, I listen to it in a different way than I listen to other Bowie albums. I think like I, I can't remember the last time I put it on and didn't listen to it from start to finish. I, I know you're not putting it down either, so I'm not coming at you hard here. But like the lack of energy is. It's hard to say it's the thing I like about it because that's not not true. I love Bowie; it's Walker's best. But sure, it's um, I guess it really fulfills the thing that I like in music, which is that like interesting pop. It's a really poppy Bowie album. Like all the melodies are catchy, and but yeah, it's super interestingly orchestrated, like throughout. Yeah, I just don't think there's any weak parts at all. It's just it's a perfect album for me. Maybe like one of his tonally most consistent albums. Mm-hmm. I think there are others that just do different tones and remain consistent. But I, I, I think, I guess I'm trying to say the same as you just did, Andy, really, that once you put it on, it just needs to be absorbed as one big old chunk of music. When we were gone, hanging out with your twelve men, we were so turned on. That insane is one I wanted to mention because you didn't have it on your list, Andy, which I found interesting. I didn't know. Tell uh, me why. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. No, nope. all you get. <laughs> Um, Aladdin Sane would have been, I mean, I'm still saying I would have put it in at 10, but it's probably the one that dropped due to Ziggy Stardust's major. I think it's a really good album, but the highs of the album just didn't, it wasn't enough. Like there's not enough tracks on it that I think are great. In fact, there's very few tracks on it that I think are great. I think it's a very, very good serviceable David Bowie album. And if anyone else put out that album, yeah, I think um, I remember listening to Aladdin Sane for this specifically and thinking this is a really good album. <laughs> yeah, I, every, every track thinking like this is an absolute killer. Aladdin Sane, Driving Saturday, Panic in Detroit, and then like the back end of the album. Uh, with... Panic in Detroit is a is a belter. Give me that. Yeah, I think um, Craig Tactor is as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a, a really strong album. Um, Time um, is magnificent. Time is superb. It's time, so good. Time feels like it's off Man Who Sold the World. You are not a victim 
You just scream with boredom You are not evicting time Starfields. Prettiest Starfields a bit out of place, but is, you know, perfectly good. Um, but let's spend the night together. Gene Genie and Lady Grinning Soul, I think, are all absolute corkers. The thing I like about Aladdin Same weirdly is I, I think the production is kind of really quite good and full. And I think it does, as I said before, I think it does the glam thing better than Ziggy Stardust. I do agree Ziggy Stardust maybe has a couple of better songs, but I think all the piano work on Aladdin Sane is absolutely awesome. I guess I could have I could have easily justified putting it in my list above Ziggy Stardust and Ziggy Stardust was in the middle for that reason. Like I've basically gone off the basis that my highs on the album were much higher on Ziggy Stardust. It doesn't mean the quality is any less really throughout on Aladdin's saying. It's just that a lot of the tracks that you just mentioned don't resonate with me as much as the like the best of Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, I mean, they're interchangeable, and I'm not going to argue too hard for it. I think I put them right next to each other. I did, yeah, set like seven and six. Yeah, I just, I think you're right, though. I mean, looking through it now, Ziggy Stardust, I mean, I think, I agree with Andy, the opener and closer are amazing. Yeah, belters. I could take or leave a lot of what's in between. Like Soul Love's Good, Moon Age Daydream. Moon Age Daydream, I like, and Star, obviously. I like a lot, yeah. Um, but it ain't easy. Bit of a skipper for me. Lady Stardust is fine. Star, I kind of like. But then, yeah, hang on to yourself, Ziggy Stardust, Suffragette City. They're very similar to tracks on Aladdin Sane, and I prefer the equivalents on Aladdin Sane. I think Crack Taxer and Panic in Detroit are better than that. Uh, Suffragette City, I think, is my favourite of all of those. There was a couple of other albums I wanted to pick up. One was um, uh, Mark. Did you have Young Americans in? I did indeed. Kind of thought that you might have a soft spot for that, Andy. I do. I because... did. I, I mean, I still do. I did have a soft spot for that. Yeah, it was a it was a faller for me. Like it fell out of the top ten. Whereas it would have been, I, th- I think I had it in like seven in my original list. Like it dropped a lot. It was never one which I was bothered by. I hadn't listened to it much at all. But yeah, the the stuff about it which I thought would resonate with you is the kind of obviously there's the soul kind of gospel thing to yeah. a lot of it. It's It's got a super cool vibe, but actually, it's, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of cheese in like the saxes and stuff, particularly in like the title track and, you know. I, I, love, love... I love I love the title track. I think it's a, it's, it is super cheese. Don't disagree with that in the slightest. I think it's just a belting pop song. Like it is, it is a pop song. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I love the song. It's just I, unarguably the, uh, the sax is a bit kind of, you know, cheese tastic yeah not, for sure. not big on yeah not big on the cover of across the universe but the, there's some songs in there like win i think is pretty magnificent bit of a underrated gem same with right 
the fourth song on Young Mate, Americans. Right, so I think song, that's yeah. super cool. Yeah, I just love the sound of it. it. I think it more than anything else, it was how different to any of his other records because it, it does, yeah, fine. He called it Plastic Soul himself and he's clearly going after that sound or whatever, but it still sounds very much like Bowie, which is which is why it works and it is unique to his his catalogue, I think. You're right, it is a standalone album. It's like a Bowie period of one, but I think the two either mm-hmm. side that has just little influences from that that period of one album, I guess. I just well, yeah, there's a reason why they're two and four on my list. Like they they bring the the kind of yeah. the, the slight like funk soul vibe that I like. I love the title track. I think that's an incredible song. Um, yeah. I think I agree with you, kind of the ones you picked out, like Win and Right, I think are other like little highlights in the album. Just think there are across the board like more interesting Bowie albums for me. I also agree, I don't I don't really like his cover of Across the Universe. Words are blowing out like endless rain into a paper cup. They slither wildly as they slip away across the universe. I considered the next day briefly. I don't think it's quite good enough. Certainly reality and heathen don't have much to say about them. I just think they're pretty middle of the road. Very few highlights. To be honest, same with Blackstar. I think that album's overrated. I think it it got a massive kick out of the fact he died and that's very sad. And yes, and yeah, but it just... Sadly, yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, uh, and more importantly, the 80s stuff, which you guys like. I mean, Scary Monsters... I think is okay. I mean, this is this is where I find it a little surprising because to me, Black Tie has infinitely more highlights and a better general vibe than something like Scary Monsters. Well, Will, mentioned, just, Will mentioned like tracks off Scary Monsters. I don't even really necessarily agree with the tracks that you picked out. Did you say that you felt like the second half was stronger or there was a patch uh, in the middle? Because fashion, I've never been that fussed about. I think that... I think it really, like, Up the Hill Backwards and Scary Monsters and Ashes to Ashes is just a superb run. It, it's no game. It's okay as an opener and closer. <laughs> but um, And because we're young as well, second to last track, like, absolute belter for me. I just think it is a it is a beasty album. It's the antithesis of something like Hunky Dory for me, and I still love it. Up the Hill Backwards, I agree, is great. But Scary Monsters, Ashes to Ashes and Fashion, I really like that. Like three block of songs. I would be remiss if I didn't indulge myself and just actually try and explain why I think black tie white noise is great and you guys are wrong. I know you, you don't care, but I just think it's a phenomenal pop album. I think it, I mean, I let's dance is very little for me. I know it's your number two will, and I do like a couple of songs in it. I think ricochet is great. Oh, I do want to pick but, up on that as well, actually, but uh, yeah, go Mark. I think black tie white noise does something incredibly interesting where it sort of supersedes the late nineties, 
kind of production stuff in the pop world of like William Orbit and like Moby. And it beats it by several years and it kind of comes off that sort of baggy Manchester period as well in that it's basically a dance pop album. It's basically house beats. They're all processed. And at times it's a bit much, but of that ilk, it's probably my favourite album because completely disagree with you guys. I think that the songs are super interesting, like the arrangements and stuff. You've got like Lester Bowie doing all this wild free jazz trumpet. It's one of his most heavy saxophone albums. He's all over it, Bowie, playing himself, which is, and I know it's probably from reading about it, one of his biggest labours of love, because it was literally the opening track is The Wedding. It was uh, composed for his wedding, funnily enough. And there's interesting stuff, like his saxophone theme from The Wedding appears in at least four or five different songs on the album in like different keys and there's loads of interesting stuff. And even if you take away all of that, I think Jump They Say is better than any of those tracks from Scary Monsters. They say that's really something that you should get sometime. I say you should watch his ass, my friend. Don't listen to the crowd. It's just an absolute killer song. I think the cover of Night Flights is great. Black Tie White Noise is a super cool kind of duet song. You've Been Around has an incredible arrangement to the end when the saxes kind of dance around. sound of his vocals on black tie white noise is incredible i think it's one of his strongest kind of vocal records so yeah there you go i've done it well it's a good impassioned reasoning i don't have any problem with like bowie trying to do a kind of i don't know a melodically interesting like like dance beats album or whatever and and yeah maybe you're right maybe at some point it'll hit a like it'll click with me but when it's just like that melody doesn't resonate with me or that melody really resonates with me, that is kind of it. Like, I, I don't find the melodies memorable. Nothing stood out to me as being particularly interesting, I guess. I don't mind the style of it. Nothing put me off it. I didn't dislike it. I just just seemed like mediocre compared to other Bowie. Yeah, I mean, as I say, I disagree. I I placed it obviously very high, but I, I utterly stand by it because it, it's it's the one I've listened to the most out of any of his albums, full stop. Yeah. Which is kind of okay. mad. Let's talk, let's dance, because I don't have it in my 10. And there is a crossover there because Niall Rogers did two Bowie albums. He did Let's Dance and Black Tie, White Noise. Yeah. Now, it feels to me like Let's Dance is kind of, let's go full on commercial. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And it does have some corking stuff on it but yeah number two will i respect it and i know people really love that album i just i don't think it has the stuff that makes bowie interesting i completely to agree. me i i it made my list it made my list at number eight i think i don't think there's a lot of weak spots to it as an album i think every song is good i think i feel like every song is is Bowie at his most, like, hitting a groove and staying on that groove? Like, I think it, like, all the songs I feel could be improved by adding a more interesting and different 
part to it like and like moving to a to a middle eight that is different or like i don't sure, think, sure. i just don't think it's as inventive as the albums that are in my top half and but i don't think it the reason it made my list is because i also don't think there's any real weak bits to it it has a hell of a lot of like absolutely killer grooves it just kind of sits on them for most of the song I think that's probably a criticism I'd, I'd actually aim personally more towards young Americans, but I accept it nonetheless. Um, this this album's just pure joy for me. Like I think every every track um, I really enjoy listening to. I think it is his it makes it sound like a bit of a criticism, but one of his like lighter albums. I think you're right. It doesn't include mm-hmm. like the complexities of Bowie. Um, I guess the problem is, is I think that those those highlights for me when he's at his kind of weirdest or most inventive also come on albums where there are tend to be other dips as well. So looking at this as kind of the top 10 albums, I think this album's consistency added to how I feel about it. Like I always enjoyed coming back to have a re-listen of Let's Dance. I really like his choice of melody in this, and I really like his delivery. Sometimes, like, quite hammy delivery in things like Ricochet and Without You. It kind of draws out words, and I, yeah, I just get an absolute shit ton of joy. These are the prisons, these are the crimes, teaching life in a violent new way. Ricochet, Ricochet. just think let's dance is a just a superb like dance it's more of a gut feeling for me on this one it's yeah i guess it's it's the counterpart to black tie for you those are the two albums that do similar things for both of us but obviously the opposite way around yeah in the other way around yeah 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 perhaps so What have we not delved into? Obviously, you've both got Lodger quite high, which I respect because Lodger is fantastic and at its peak is some of his most experimental but still zany pop. Mm-hmm. Super cool album. But neither of you had Low or Heroes. Why? <laughs> <laughs> so Low was a bit of a surprise to me. I did actually kind of expect to have that top 10. But actually listening back to it, I much prefer the pop ditty half and the um, instrumental half. And while I think there's loads of good stuff in that back half, like it's it's still interesting to listen to. I'd, I'd prefer Bowie towards his kind of poppier end, ultimately. And I think there are 10 examples of that that I, sort of I prefer than low overall. Um, it only missed by like, it was similar to Space Oddity where it was very much in the mix. Yeah, just like just a sort of tonal thing, just didn't quite uh, match up. It wasn't that close to my list, to be honest. Um, and it, it shows the depth of Bowie because I'm not going to be like highly critical about it. It's a cool album. Sound of Vision, I think, is ace. Yeah, there's just not there's not enough there's not enough standout for me. Never really considered it. it. wasn't in my initial list. Gave it one less, and it didn't pique my interest enough to you know consider it really. I kind of said a bit about Low before, so I won't say much about it, but I, I do think that's a lot better than Heroes. And I do I think it's that. largely down to the sound of it. I mean, I really, really, I think a lot of his album's production is possibly not the strongest, but Low still sounds magnificent in my opinion. I think 
the drum sounds are super cool. I know it's what everyone goes on about, but it really is. And I, I just like the instrumentals. I think there's some cool little bits and pieces in there. There's no real like soloing or, you know, virtuosic stuff going on, but there's loads of cool synth parts and they do veer off into interesting little harmonic and melodic sections. Some of the songs, like always crashing in the same car, a new career in a new town. Like when they get to about a minute and a half, two minutes in, there's suddenly like that, that stuff, which I certainly tend to like, I know you guys do when it suddenly hits a certain chord. It's like, oh, where did that come from? Yeah, I just I just love the vibe of it. And I kind of get like the second half. I mean, obviously it's just all atmospheric instrumental, but it really works for me, I I have to say. Thanks for joining us at the Screen and Needle podcast. Uh, join us next time when we discuss something else. <laughs> I always forget we've got nothing to say now. Bye. Bye. Bye.